Welcome to the January 2nd, 2019 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast, where we cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. Well, today's kind of a special show. Uh, it's been 10 years now since Bitcoin launched. This is actually recorded on the early morning of January 3rd. 10 years since the Genesis block, the first block of Bitcoin that Satoshi Nakamoto mined himself and then he kept mining. And he mined like a million Bitcoins after that. But this is like a monumental event. Bitcoin has been alive for one decade now, for the first time. And in the Genesis blog, it said The Times, January 3rd, 2009. Uh, Chancellor on the brink of second bailout of banks. Well, basically, back in January 2009, it was in the midst of a horrible financial crisis that brought the world to its knees called the Great Recession. It started in 2008, the global stocks crashed unbelievably badly. And it wasn't just stocks, it was like everything. Banks were going out of business, big corporations were going out of business, and then the government started to bail them out. And the government called it quantitative, quantitative easing QE. And what they did is they printed trillions of dollars to bail out corporations, to bail out banks. And the corporations and the banks were the ones that caused the financial crisis. One of the big things was subprime mortgages. Uh, subprime mortgages were basically mortgages that were unlikely to be paid from people that took out mortgages because the credit situation back then was crazy compared to today. Nowadays, you can't take out a mortgage in the United States unless you already pretty much have the money for it. Uh, back then, you could just kind of have a job and decent credit and get a mortgage for a huge house, and everyone was doing that. But then, you know, as the economy started to slow down in 2008, when the stock started crashing, uh, businesses started losing money, it created such a bad feedback loop where, while the stocks were crashing, people were losing their money in their retirement, their 401ks, and then they weren't paying back their mortgages anymore. And a lot of the assets on the stock market was subprime mortgages, bad mortgages bundled together. And they were selling this to everyone. Like, if you went to your financial advisor, they'd be like, hey, we got a great deal for you. Uh, you can get like 5% per year if you uh, buy this uh, fund. And they wouldn't really tell them what it is, but it was actually a bunch of bad mortgages packaged together. So people's 401ks got absolutely obliterated. Their retirements got obliterated. And the companies that were doing that would have collapsed. Like the banks and corporations that facilitated the bad debt. It wasn't just subprime mortgages. There was all sorts of junk bonds that were an absolute uh, contagion in the economy. And these these companies that were distributing them and selling them and making money off of them would have definitely collapsed, but then the government bailed them out with trillions of dollars, called QE. And by printing trillions of dollars, they caused inflation that made the dollar itself uh, devalue. So everyone ended up paying. Like all the people that got hurt in the first place by the financial markets crashing, they lost their 401ks, they lost their retirements, they lost their jobs, they lost their homes. They also lost the money they had in their hand because the money in their hands was losing value from printing trillions of dollars. And that's probably why Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a form of money that is decentralized. You cannot print it at will. There is printing of Bitcoin, but it's called mining. And there's only a set amount. And after 21 million Bitcoins are mined, and that's going to be about in the year 2140. By the way, already 17 and a half million Bitcoins are mined, so there's not much mining left to go. Uh, after, So you can't print Bitcoins like the government prints dollars. And therefore, people can't lose the money that's in their pockets, in their banks, under their bed. Like, literally, you could store your cash money, U.S. dollars, under your bed. You will lose money each and every year. A lot of it. Uh, this inflation rate's 2.5%. And it was much higher than that during the uh, financial crisis of 2008. But here's the thing. 
I read this, uh, I did some research on this thing called the Chappinwood Index, and basically this guy found out that the CPI, which measures the inflation in the United States, is, like, totally cooked. Like, they, they're cooking the books, which means they're manipulating the numbers to make the CPI a lot less than it should be. Because the CPI is used to adjust government workers' wages each and every year. So if the CPI goes up 2.5%, they got to give the workers a 2.5% pay raise so they get the same amount of purchasing power from their salary every year. But here's the thing. The real inflation, according to the Chapinwood Index, is like 10%. And that's how it's been for years and years. So everyone's like that's working and getting a CPI-based and pay raise every year to account for inflation. They're actually losing their purchasing power by like 5%, even up to 10% in some cities every year. Like So... People are working at the same jobs, doing the same amount of work or more, and they're getting paid less and less every year in reality, even though their paycheck went up a little from the CPI raise. The real inflation might be higher than the CPI. But anyways, back to the point. They've been printing lots of money, and it's continued. It didn't stop in 2008. They said, this is temporary. We're just going to print some trillions of dollars, save the banks and corporations, save the stock market and the crisis. What they did ultimately is they bailed out the rich people that were destroying the economy with their greed. The economy like needed to collapse. It needed to get rid of those people. It needed to get rid of those corporations and banks that destroyed it in the first place. Instead, they're all here today. And they have big businesses. And they're doing the same things they were doing because the bailouts continue. The trillions of dollars of money printing never ended. Oh yeah, that crash in the background was the financial crash that's about to happen. Anyways, so... The money printing never ended. The trillions of dollars is still being printed every year. Uh, the U.S. government debt goes up by over a trillion dollars every year. They miss their budget every year. It was supposed to be less than a trillion dollar increase this year, um, or well, in 2018. And it ended up being like $1.4 trillion, something crazy like that. And it's just getting worse and worse. So they're printing tons of money. And Bitcoin solves this problem. If you hold your money in Bitcoin, yes, Bitcoin is volatile. Yes, the Bitcoin market is manipulated by CME Bitcoin futures made by the same people that probably destroyed the economy. To, uh, so they're trying to hurt Bitcoin. But the reality is Bitcoin will gain value relative to fiat long term. It will. And if the fiat ever collapses from the trillions of dollars of money printing hitting the fan, and how could that happen? Well, let me tell you how it could happen. Well, let's say there's a big financial crisis, kind of like, you know, the stock market went down 4,000 points since October. The Dow Jones, uh, the global stock markets are on the precipice of a bear market. A technical bear market is 20% off the highs. It's already there. Why is 20% important? Well, if it's already down like 20%, it causes a feedback loop where corporations and banks are collapsing. Well, here's what they're doing, though, in the stock market right now. Uh, the stock market was really crashing before uh, New Year's. But then they started... Uh, do QE. They're buying tons of stocks with money they're printing. And there's two ways they're doing this. Well, they're, the banks have collectively decided to buy like $100 billion of stocks all at once to make it go up for a few days. And that's what they did. So they moved people's pension funds, which is like the retirement, into stocks. Right when the stock market is collapsing, there's all these indicators saying uh, the manufacturing is going down, the trade's going down, uh, the currencies are weakening. Yet they put everyone's like pension fund into the stock market like before new year's just now to make it go up for a few days i mean this is like the sort of behavior that ruined people in 2008 and now people foolishly are letting themselves get ruined again i mean after witnessing 2008 i would never even buy a stock ever in my life but people still put their entire retirement into the stocks into the pension funds and whatever and they just put all the pension funds into the stock market like over 100 billion dollars worth the big banks like wells fargo 
Um, they, they're on the plunge protection team, the PPT. And whenever the stock market gets bad, the president could call them and be like, hey, buy some stocks now. Make it stop going down. Here's the thing. It's like a temporary patch. It's just like QE. And basically what's going to happen, let's say Wells Fargo loses all that money they put in just now. It was $64 billion from Wells Fargo alone. They could probably just call the government and be like, hey, I need a bailout. And I'm like, yeah, we did a bailout in 2008. You paid it off. We'll do it again. So basically it all comes down to massive money printing. Another thing they're doing is there's this thing called the volatility index, the VIX. And you could actually short and long the, the volatility index or something. And um, the Fed, the Feds, like the Federal Reserve Bank, has a system where they can make the volatility index, the VIX, crash from wash trading. Like they wash trade the index and slam the price down. And when the VIX drops, uh, automated trading bots start to buy stocks. And that's another way to inject like billions upon billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars into the stock market at will. And by the way, here's an interesting thing I read. Most of the stock market now is automated trading bots. And that was all fine and dandy when the stock market was rising from like 2009 to like now until like October 2018. That was great, but now everyone's complaining about it because it's causing the stocks to go down faster. So the stocks went up faster than they should have because it's like all robots doing it and they go extremely fast. And now now that the stocks are crashing quickly, they're like blaming the robots, even though the robots are the reason it like went up so much. All right, so I don't want to get way too off topic here. Basically to sum up, it's really interesting. 10 years later, Bitcoin launched during the Great Recession. It was launched because of the horrible money printing. Bitcoin's a version of money that cannot be printed. It's safe during this sort of crisis. Ten years later, the crisis is back. The 2008 Great Recession never ended. They've been printing trillions of dollars to keep it at bay, but they could only do so much. This year, 2019, we're going to see every trick in the book pulled out by the government. They're going to print whatever they can. They're going to bail out whatever they can to keep that market afloat. Like right now, the market should be crashing thousands of points below where it is right now. And the stock futures right now this morning, the morning of January uh, 3rd, they're like 400 points down on the Dow Jones. But I bet, based on the past days, they'll probably go up. Like, it'll probably go down 400 right at the open. And then, boom, like an hour or two later, it's going to be in the positive from all the manipulation going on. It's overt market manipulation, but people want it. People are demanding it. The investors, the people that hold their retirements in it, they're demanding the manipulation. Here's the thing. You can't do it forever. It's just going to be worse when it all falls apart. So, 10 years later, the purpose of Bitcoin, the reason Satoshi Nakamoto created it, and it can be seen in the Genesis block. Once again, he put in the Genesis block on January 3rd, 2009. The Times, January 3rd, 2009. Chancellor on Brink, a second bailout for banks. It's happening again 10 years later. Really incredibly interesting. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, this is why Bitcoin was created, and the problems that caused Bitcoin to be created in the financial system were never fixed. They just got worse. The global debt bubble has absolutely become hyper bubble. Like and it needs to pop and that hasn't popped at all yet. They're increasing the debt. People are sucking up the bonds from the treasury, from the United States treasury. They think the bonds are a safe haven. Oh, here's the thing. How will the dollar collapse? Well, if we see a real global stock crash like 2008, like right now, it'll probably be worse because, you know, they kind of like propped it up when it never collapsed all the way to where it should have. It never collapsed and then got healthy again. It just, like, they propped it up with printing trillions of dollars was stole from everyone. Well, they're going to go back to printing trillions of dollars as the stocks crash. But this time, you know, it'll cause inflation. It'll cause some really bad inflation, and then Bitcoin's suddenly going to look really nice. And it could even get so bad, it's possible the dollar could collapse. I mean, that would be, like, a really extreme scenario. No one believes it could happen. 
Besides maybe me, I have a strong instinct that in our lifetimes, maybe soon, you know, the dollar could really weaken rapidly like what happened in Venezuela because they don't really care about the citizens. They've made that clear. They just care about, you know, getting the money they need. So they'll print whatever they need to keep their lifestyles afloat. Um, all right, so that's enough ranting. One more interesting thing. BitMEX, which is the largest Bitcoin derivative ex exchange in the world, they bought uh, an ad on the front of the Times, the same uh, paper that Satoshi referenced in the Genesis blog, the same newspaper. They bought an ad that says, thank you, Satoshi, uh, Bitcoin 10 years later, something like that. So 10 years after Satoshi published like the title for the Times into the Genesis block of Bitcoin, they bought an ad on the front page of the Times. And they put a hash to a block, like a recent block that says, thanks, Satoshi. So that's all really interesting. It ties it all back together, huh? All right, so into the market analysis. Bitcoin was trying to rally yesterday, or like January 2nd. This show is for January 2nd, but on the very early morning of the 3rd. So Bitcoin rallied all the way to 3920, but there was a problem... So, when the CME Bitcoin features closed on December 28th, they expired, basically. That was the last day for trading. That was the day that set the profits and losses for the traders. Um, so, they expired, and then the price of Bitcoin kind of shot up to 3900 and stayed there for like a day. And during that day, that's when the CME Bitcoin futures traders took out their positions, apparently, based on what's going on. Because uh, Bitcoin tried to rise above 3900 and it could not. It met very strong resistance. The stock markets are doing very bad. The foreign currency exchange, like the dollar weakened a lot overnight, by the way, like by a few percent, which is a crazy for one night. And uh, so Bitcoin should have shot up and it tried to. So Bitcoin went up um, on the second uh, from, well, it started on January 1st. Bitcoin was as low as 36.30 and then it had some nice recurring candles. And then throughout the second, it rallied all the way to 3920. But then, boom, strong resistance. It could not exceed 3900 for long. And right now, Bitcoin's at 3850. So basically, just to sum this up, uh, the CME Bitcoin futures traders likely took out short positions right after the December 20th ex expiration. And they could choose to go long or short for the month. And they kind of work in unison. It's pretty obvious that they can decide, hey, Bitcoin's going to go up this month or Bitcoin's going to go down. That's the effect of these Globex CME Bitcoin futures they really do have strong control of the market. And to put it in perspective, they control the gold market with Globex on Comex in New York. And that's a $10 trillion market. And they could control the gold market with their futures. Well, Bitcoin's like a $70 billion market. Like, let me see, it's probably less. $68 billion market for Bitcoin. So it's so easy, easy to manipulate for them. And they are. So they decide this is a short month. They took out their positions at $3,900 on December 28th. And uh, unless there's like a massive overwhelming pressure for Bitcoin to go up, like they're probably going to keep that short position going. Like it's been about five days now since the shorts positions were taken out. Bitcoin tried as hard as it could to break through 3,900. It could not. I will be surprised if Bitcoin goes about 3,900. And if it does, so watch the 3,900 level. That's what I'm saying. It still could go long for the month. Like they could change their mind now and be like, okay, we're going to buy long positions. Short was a bad idea. The stock market's going down. Bitcoin has to go up. Because Bitcoin's a safe haven, they could decide that, like, you know, kind of like we know. That's already true. And uh, they could just take out long for the month. So 3900 is the number to watch. If Bitcoin could go above 3900 consistently for, like, a few days and go way above it to, like, 4000 4200 4500 then this is a long month. But if Bitcoin keeps hitting 3900 and declines, it's not going to go above that level. I mean, so... And it could retest 3100 which was hit in the middle of December. So it could even go down to 3000 so basically, watch that $3,900 level. This uh, next 
couple days of stock trading is going to be critical. If the stock market's allowed to crash like it should be, then perhaps the CME traders will change their position and go long. But if the stock market keeps being manipulated, and it probably will be, they could just like hammer the VIX down, cause the bots to buy stocks. They could tell Wells Fargo and all the big banks to buy more stocks. And yeah, the stock market won't go down. No matter how bad the futures are in the morning, uh, the stock market will miraculously go up during the middle of the day. So that's what's been going on. If that continues, I think Bitcoin's going to be down this month. If the stocks are allowed to crash like they should, I think the CME traders would probably change their positions and go long. So let's watch that $3,900 level. All right, so how about the rest of the crypto market? Well, Ethereum has surpassed Ripple. I believe we mentioned this on the last show. And if we didn't, it has. And it's about a good $800 million ahead of Ripple as far as market cap goes. Ethereum has a $15.7 billion market cap. It's around $150. It's a little down now, though. Like, let's say Bitcoin doesn't go above $3,900. Uh, Ethereum might keep rising a bit. It could even have a bit of a rally because it's going to fork in like 10 days or so. Less than two weeks, the Constantinople hard fork is coming. And Ethereum will probably rally based on speculation that they're slashing the inflation rate for Ethereum. They're lowering the block reward from 3 Ether to 2 Ether. They're also adding a bunch of new features. But then when the fork actually happens, it could be bad. The community could be fighting. The miners could split off. Especially if it's a bear market. Like, let's say the market's going up a lot. Let's say Bitcoin breaks the $3,900 level and runs away into an up month. Ethereum will be fine. Let's say Bitcoin starts crashing right now. Let's say the stocks don't go down at all, despite everything going on. And then Bitcoin's crashing because it's a short month and they decided to short it and they can make it go down. They have enough influence to do so. So if it's a bad month for uh, Bitcoin and the whole market's declining, then Ethereum has this fork and it's a bad fork and people are fighting over the mining, uh, like the miners split off, make their own version sort of thing. Ethereum could be in some serious trouble. So we've got to watch this closely. Like each and every day I'm going to be watching Ethereum to see what it's doing. Because if it, how much it gains before the fork will be important to how good it will survive when the fork happens and after the fork. So Ethereum really needs to keep on gaining. Even though it's like way up, it'd be good if it goes over 200 to 300 or something. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. But it really needs some padding and some insulation for when this fork hits. Because it's going to crash probably no matter what. There's probably, at the least, it's going to be, like, tension in the Ethereum market and in the Ethereum community. At the worst, it'll be, like, a full-on war, like, with Bitcoin Cash. By the way, same thing I have with Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash went up a lot. It went up over $600 before the fork, and then after the fork, it went down to below 100 Right now, it's at 165 It's never really recovered from that. Hopefully, Ethereum doesn't have the same issue happen. Ethereum's the best cryptocurrency and blockchain platform for launching DApps and using smart contracts. And it would be a big shame if Ethereum gets dragged through the mud from this fork. Well, that's all we have for you today. Just remember to watch that $3,900 level. If Bitcoin can break above that and go keep going above it, this will be an up month if it can't get through it. And so far, it hasn't been able to get past $3,900. It's probably going to be a down month. So yeah, we're going to keep updating you on that and go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out.